crazy place. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Now, I'm recording this kind of in a constructive way because it's really hard to have studio time, especially when you've got the kids at home all the time. But I do want to, I did want to get something put together so that I can touch base with you guys um, to let you know there's some things that are not really capiche with everything going on, especially with the data that's being given to Donald Trump. But I also want to give you a little bit of hope. Um, one of the first things that we can look at is the fact that for those that are out of work, um, we've got a stimulus coming. Now, I'm not a fan of big government doling out money, but they shut the businesses down. They closed everything up. So you've got to get paid somehow. And there's some things that are coming through. First, of the recovery rebates. These are... Uh, rebates that are based on your tax re- uh, tax returns from 2019 or even 2018. And listen to this, if you haven't filed for a couple of years, they're going to set up a website that you can go back and catch up on your filings and the uh, amount that is available to you will be available for the entire year. So if you file it in a couple of months and you get you know everything sent through, they're going to send it back at that point. You will get your refund or your uh, recovery uh, rebate if you decide to go back and file. The other crazy thing is if you've done electronic filing and they have put in your bank your refunds and they have that routing number and your bank account number on file, you're going to automatically get the stimulus deposited into your bank. You're not going to have it sent by mail. So that's if, but there's stipulations. Um, if you're married filing jointly and your adjusted gross income was 150000 or less, or if you are a single tax filer and your adjusted gross income was $75,000 or less, that's who's going to receive these stimulus uh, payments. But it goes through a phase-out once you go above $150,000. Um, and if you're a head of household, it's 112500 would be where the cap is for those getting the stimulus. Now, if you were a business that was put out, there's what's called the Paycheck Protection Program. And this is going to be available. It's going to be loans that are going to be made that you can do through an SBA lender. That's where you have to apply. Um, but there's there's going to be stipulations on these things. All the loan terms are going to be the same for everyone. The loan amounts will be forgiven as long as the loan proceeds are used to cover payroll cost and most mortgage interest, rent, and utility cost over the eight-week period after the loan is made. And the employees, they have to be compensated at levels that are maintained. You can't fire employees. You can't use this money. It's not free money. Can't go around buying stuff with it. Payroll costs are capped at 100000 on an annualized basis for each employee. Um... 
and you can start applying as of uh, the recording of this podcast, which is Friday the uh, the third of April. Um, you can start applying this afternoon, so you can start getting some revenue into your uh, business of sorts and start paying off those expenses. Because you know, if a restaurant goes out, they've lost their employees. Their employees don't have a way of making revenue. They've got their inventory that's going to be basically shot unless they can sell it as a market. You know, all the stuff that they're sitting on, they're going to try to do takeout. But, you know, rent is a huge part of it. Cheesecake Factory is almost out of business because of rent. Because they have high dollar uh, locations. So these things are going to have to happen. But we've got some crazy situations. You know, there's there's some there's some lanes and some venues and some paths you can go. Um, I know our church is uh, taking donations from its congregation for the benevolent fund, and they're going to help those in need. Um, you've got food banks, um, and you know, once we get to a point where this is all shown to be uh, not the crazy level of pandemic that the deep state political class who are using faulty data, which we're about to get into, once we show that that is uh, it's tapering off in certain areas, even though it's still exploding in others, um, once we get to a point where we're seeing the real uh, levels, it's going to get to a point where Donald Trump is going to put his foot down and we're all going to go back to work. But until then, we're at least getting um, something to help us get sustenance. You know, but you you may be per- you may be limited on what you can purchase because some items are considered non-essential, right, Mr. Amazon worker? They should not be selling non-essential items. If you go on the website, all the essential items are are sold out. Until you restock and until you close this building, shut it down. Dildos are not uh, essential items. Books for kids, yes, but dildos, no. So no black mamba. If you plan on getting those, those are not essential. And who determines what is essential? I mean, this guy's complaining that we should only be buying certain things for him to deliver. We should, he should want us to buy everything so that he gets a paycheck because the revenue is going to be what's essential. And Ice T, the rapper, he's got a, he's got a pretty good pro tip here. He said, <laughs> he's got some words of wisdom. Some things for you to consider in this uh, this time of crisis. Um, he basically said, "Cold fact: If somebody owes you money, put on your mask and pop up at their crib right now. They're home." <laughs> Love iced tea. But to anyone who predicted that the death of the republic would be accomplished by forcing the nation into a medically induced coup, while we're left to binge watch Tiger King sitting on piles of toilet paper, go pick up your prize because no one would have seen this coming. I mean, this is a constructive convention of states. It's a medically induced secession. And they've weaponized federalism to bring the economy to a halt. I mean, can we all just ignore the media too? I mean, they're politicizing a pandemic. I mean, they've gone on with this, the USS Comfort, this boat that was out there to be a hospital for those who didn't have the coronavirus. They've got this narrative now where they're saying, this boat Donald Trump sent out there and they only have 
20 patients and everybody's going around it's only 20 patients new york post or new york times did a story they only have 20 patients well that's part and parcel to the fact that um it's extremely difficult due to regulations to get to the freaking uh dock with the with the uh with the patients and it's only set up for patients who don't have coronavirus but you know hey let's let's not let's not uh politicize this i mean to anything that should be the issue to you as a voter as an individual that they will politicize you being unemployed they don't care about you being unemployed they care about what it does to the to orange man bad and look at the faulty data i mean first you've got the who in the bag for china you know i mean right that alone should be enough to scare you i mean first i want to play a clip of this back and forth with a member of the world health organization and somebody who is questioning him about what they're doing with taiwan now remember china does not recognize taiwan the world health organization will not let them back in and so look what this guy does he not only will not answer the questions he'll even leave the freaking interview the who considered taiwan's membership hello we, with the, with the okay, I can't hear. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah. Let me let, let me let me repeat the question. No, that's so, okay. Let, let's move to another one then. Right, because because I'm I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well on Taiwan's case. We decided to give Dr. Alward another call to follow up. And I just want to see if you can comment a bit on how Taiwan has done so far in terms of containing the virus. Well, we've, we've already talked about China. And, um, you know, when you look across all the different areas of, uh, of China, they've actually all done quite a good job. So with that, I'd like to thank you very much for inviting us to participate. And, uh, and good luck as you go forward with the battle in Hong Kong. Now, here's the Japanese deputy prime minister explaining how the Chinese communist government covered up the Wuhan coronavirus epidemic, endangering millions, and the World Health Organization should be renamed the Chinese Health Organization because they parrot communist China's propaganda. Listen to this. Pro-Taiwan Japanese politician Aso Taro blasted the World Health Organization for bowing to China and excluding Taiwan. Speaking to Japanese lawmakers, the deputy prime minister said the WHO should change its name to the CHO, or China Health Organization. He said being excluded from the global health body, Taiwan was driven to become a world leader in combating the coronavirus. The coronavirus pandemic has led to the postponement of the 2020 Olympics in Japan. Speaking in Japan's parliament, the country's deputy prime minister leveled fresh criticism against China. Although the details are murky, the WHO's previous director general was a Chinese national, and at the time, there were complaints all around. 
And now, at least, the petition has gathered 300,000 signatures, or rather, 500,000 signatures. People think the World Health Organization should change its name. It shouldn't be called the WHO. It should be renamed the CHO. This appeal is truly resonating with the people. The Japan official took issue with former WHO Director General Margaret Chan, charging her with inadequate accountability. He said the current Director General was no better for giving in to China's spin about the coronavirus. Early on, if the WHO had not insisted to the world that China had no pneumonia epidemic, then everybody would have taken precautions. The WHO, which is a global organization, does not even include Taiwan. And then precisely because Taiwan is not a member of the WHO, it becomes a world leader in fighting the epidemic. Then, after that statement is made, the CCP jumps out to correct it. It says Taiwan is a region, not a country. Aso had once said that Taiwan, in various ways, is a country that shares common values with Japan. He's regarded as a member of the pro-Taiwan camp in Japanese politics. Amid the pandemic, he's turned to China with a critical eye, questioning its claim that the virus was contained and insisting on using the term Wuhan virus. So the Japanese know that the World Health Organization, which is a UN body, is a fraud. It's unbelievable. And the director of the uh, WHO, Tedros Adham, this guy's interesting. Listen to this. Tetros then went on to become Minister of Health from 2005 to 2012 under Prime Minister Meles Zanwi. There, he met former President Bill Clinton and began a close collaboration with the, Clinton, uh, the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation and its Clinton HIV AIDS initiative. He also developed a close relation with Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation which we'll get into in just a little bit, because for some reason, Bill Gates is all in this. I can't figure out why. He's, what, a Microsoft CEO, and he's got to be involved with all of this. Um, now, you have to wonder, when the media starts giving puff pieces, because they're doing the person that is getting the puff pieces, doing the bidding that the left wants, that's when you start to have to question things. Dr. Fauci. I swear, this is an actual news story from the New York Post. Petition to name Dr. Fauci sexiest man alive gains momentum. Okay, in the middle of a pandemic with millions losing their jobs, and we're worried about whether or not Dr. Fauci's sexiest man alive. Why is that? That's because he is providing disinformation. Dr. Fauci is a fraud, and we can point that out in just a few seconds. CNN has stopped carrying the press conferences from what I've heard. I don't know. I haven't watched it. I may be wrong. But I've heard that they've stopped carrying the actual press conference portion, and they just jump in when the Q&A happens because they're more worried about vilifying Trump. They know Trump is gaining a lot more likability, and he's gaining the, the trust of the American people a little bit more while he's doing these press conferences because he's not doing it for gaining trust he's doing it to provide information so in the middle of a pandemic why would you shut down the information flow all right so he's crying in public dr fauci's acting like the sky is falling it's doomsday everything's dogs and cats living together we're all gonna die what was it mr withers or what was the guy's name on uh on billy madison you know they put that flaming bag of poop on the porch again um yeah, Fauci is crying like everything's gone to hell. But when he talks to his colleagues, 
It's got a little bit of a different take. New England Journal of uh, Medicine. Yeah, this is uh, from Red State, and they link to the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, Dr. Fauci takes a different, different chart. A New England Journal of Medicine ran an, um, an editorial titled COVID-19 Navigating the Uncharted. An editorial in a scientific journal is usually a survey or summary of several articles in an issue that covers the same subject. The critical thing here is that the authors are three of the most respected experts on the infectious diseases in the world, one of them being Anthony Fauci, who leads the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. So Fauci, in this, Fauci kind of states that it's uh, more like the flu. He suggests the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza, which has a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1% or a pandemic influenza similar to those in 1957 and 1968, rather than a disease similar to SARS or MERS, which have a had a fatality rate of 9 to 10% and 36% respectively. Okay. So uh, let's listen to Dr. Fauci back in January. So uh, manageable numbers. Um, bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, I, you know, obviously you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. Doesn't seem all that concerned, does he? So, uh, as we got closer to this shutting down of our economy, here he is, February the 29th. So, Dr. Fauci, it's Saturday morning in America. People are waking up right now with real concerns about this. They want to go to malls and movies, maybe the gym as well. Should we be changing our habits? And if so, how? No, right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. Right now, the risk is still low, but this could change. I've said that many times, even on this program. You've got to watch out, because although the risk is low now, you don't need to change anything you're doing. When you start to see community spread, this could change and force you to become much more attentive to doing things that would protect you from spread. Again, he's not that concerned. And remember, during this time, that's when all of the politicians, uh, de Blasio, uh, even Nancy Pelosi, come on down to Chinatown and eat with us. Do normal life. You know, the, the, the WHO is out there going, ah, you don't have to worry about masks. They still have the tweet up that says, yeah, it's not going to be you know, transmitted human to human. Right? So why did everybody act so lax in the time where it was most likely the biggest? Because this thing's probably been around here longer than we thought. So, yeah, even Mayor Bill de Blasio was singing the exact same tune as Fauci. I mean, he sounds exactly like him when he was uh, right there, you know, in the middle of acting like nothing was happening. Listen to Bill de Blasio sound exactly like Dr. Fauci. Let's talk about the way that you've handled uh, the response in New York City. I want you to take a listen to yourself and your message to New Yorkers. These are three different clips. One's from January, one's from February, and one's from early this month. It's important to go about your lives, uh, continue living as you have. New Yorkers should go about our lives 
continue doing what we do. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. We want people still to go on about their lives. We want people uh, to rest assured that a lot is being done to protect them. The kicker is the lack of self-awareness. I mean, listen to Dr. Fauci basically go, yeah, you know, it's going to be an inconvenience. You know, you losing your job, you losing your livelihood, your family being destroyed financially, being bankrupt, being stuck in a position to where you're at each other's throats because you've been confined together for, uh, not that being around family is a bad thing, but you know, sometimes it gets a little stressful. It's going to get even more stressful when there's no money coming in and yeah, it's going to be inconvenient, but you know, we have to do this. I mean, like, he's real flippant about it. I mean, listen to Dr. Fauci and his flippantness. Surgeon General was on with us just yesterday and said, my advice is that the 30-day guidelines to stay home from the federal government amount to a national stay-at-home order. Is that how you see it, too? Do you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at what's in those 30-day recommendations of the guidelines, that's essentially what it is. I mean, I know it's difficult, but we're having a lot of suffering, a lot of death. This is inconvenient from an economic and a personal standpoint, but we just have to do it. That is our major weapon against this virus right now. Yeah. We don't have a vaccine that's deployable. This is the only thing we have, and we can get through it if everybody really leans forward forward and pushes on this. So that's what we're calling this, a little inconvenience, I guess. Um, listen to Fauci talk about, uh, wow, he is a prophet. He's a freaking prophet. Listen to him prophesy this entire event uh, going a uh, couple years back. Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena. There will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak, but also there will be a surprise outbreak, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Yeah, that's the prophet Fauci. You know, this guy, he's already teed it up back in 2017. What's even crazier is his affection for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that's right. He has an email that was recovered on the um, on the WikiLeaks emails to Cheryl Mills. Remember, that's Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, email, or Hillary Clinton's lawyer. And it says, today's performance, that's the subject. Cheryl, anyone who had doubts about the secretary's stamina and capability following her illness had those doubts washed away by today's performance before the Senate and the House. She faced extremely difficult circumstances at the hearings, and still, she hit it out of the park. Please tell her that we love her, and we're very proud to know her. Warm regards, Tony. That's Anthony S. Fauci, MD, Director, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, 
Building 31, room 7A-03, 31 Center Drive, MSC 2520. And what was that in regards to? That was in regards to the Benghazi hearings. So he loved her performance for the Benghazi hearings. This is the guy who's given information to Donald Trump. Right. I mean, it's, it's seriously unbelievable. But then at the same time, listen to what he says when he's talking about some states not issuing stay-at-home orders. He's like, I don't understand why that's not happening. Look at what's going on in this country. I just don't understand why we're not doing it. Like, yeah, listen to him on CNN. Some states are still not issuing stay-at-home orders. I mean, whether there should be a federally mandated uh, directive for that or not, that I guess that's more of a political question, but just scientifically, yeah. doesn't everybody have to be on the same page with this stuff? Yeah, I, I think so, Anderson. I don't understand why that's not happening. As you said, you know, the tension between federally mandated versus states' rights to do what they want is something I don't want to get into. But if you look at what's going on in this country, I just don't understand why we're not doing that. We really should be. So we know that Dr. Fauci has an issue with an affiliation with the Clintons. And so does uh, Tedros there, the guy from the World Health Organization. He's connected to the Clintons. Some of them are connected to Bill and Melinda Gates. And remember, they did the Event 201. We talked about this on the coronavirus uh, podcast that I did. Event 201 was back in October 2019. John Hopkins uh, University, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Economic Forum. They conducted a pandemic drill in New York over what? The coronavirus. Wow, what foresight these people have. These are going to be the people that are going to provide the solutions, the vaccinations. They're going to be the ones to provide the guidance and the data to the president. One of the people who's in the president's ear, who we've all seen, is Dr. Burks. And she has an interesting past. Because this is from Jordan Schachtel from Conservative Review. A reporter should ask Dr. Burks why she prefers the models funded by Bill Gates as opposed to the Stanford-Oxford projections. They should also ask her if she believes she has a conflict of interest because she sits on the board of a Gates-funded foundation. Bill Gates' hand is in all of this. And that's where it gets kind of, kind of scoop, you know, freaky, kind of scary. Because remember, event 21 or event 201, was that a bullet point for an agenda 21? The left was packing tons of climate change, Green New Deal crap into the stimulus that they were trying to pass. And the models the CDC were putting out, they were used from Imperial University. Imperial University, if you go look them up, are affiliated with the Grantham Institute, and they are all pro-climate change and pro-climate change uh, initiatives. In fact, they want them quicker than George Soros or anyone else would want them. So, Bill Gates, his foundation, Dr. Burks is with it. He is calling for a complete national shutdown. Breitbart had this. Microsoft founder Bill Gates has called for a nationwide shutdown in an effort to combat the spread of the Wuhan virus. And The Hill reported this. So then we have to worry about 
What is Bill Gates? Uh, what is his fundamental view on the world? What's his worldview? Well, he's the one who's responsible for pushing Common Core math in all the schools in their math programs because he's trying to build data miners and he's also trying to dumb down the American population. But then he also had a TED talk where first he kind of prophesized a pandemic event. Look at this, March 2015, listen to this. Today, the greatest risk of global catastrophe doesn't look like this. Instead, it looks like this. Not missiles, but microbes. Uh, you can have a virus where people feel well enough while they're infectious that they get on a plane or they go to a market. Let's not forget that the prophet, the other prophet, not the prophet uh, Fochi, but the prophet Gates, Bill Gates, Mr. Common Core, he also had a TED Talk. And in that TED Talk wasn't just the prophecy of the pandemic down the road and what we can do about it. It was also a history of one of his favorite subjects, population control. Hmm, where do we hear of population? Oh, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, all of those agendas, all by the UN and the World Health Organization who is administered by the UN. Yeah, let's listen to the population control multiple times by Bill Gates. What we have here is Bill Gates saying that we are not going to open up widely or entirely until everybody's vaccinated. What he's talking about here is forced vaccines. Now let's take a listen. Right now, but what does opening up look like? You know, which activities have, like schools, have such benefit and can be done in a way that the risk of transmission is very low? Yeah. And which activities, like mass gatherings, uh, may be, in a certain sense, more optional? And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. So That's forced vaccines, people. Bill Gates wants forced vaccines. And he seems to be getting his way with a lot of other things, so. We've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Yeah, he doesn't have a vested interest in basically this entire pandemic. What we can do is we'll take a virus, which we know is real. It's not, it's not unreal. It's not fake. It's not a hoax. But do remember the statistical data. It's like hitting barely the popular, on the population on a whole, it's a blip on the radar. And the numbers are being inflated in New York. It's like if somebody dies with cancer, somebody falls down the stairs, their 90-year-old grandma falls down the stairs, breaks her hip, next thing you know, she's dying. They're labeling those people as coronavirus uh, fatalities, like the baby that died in Connecticut. Oh, first infant died. Well, it said it was coronavirus-linked. Candace Owens blew that up. That means... We don't know the real death, but we tested them and there was COVID-19. So coronavirus it is. Rubber stamp. Boom. Done. You know, and that's what made me go back and think. Remember the timeline. This thing blew up in China. They were welding people in their homes. They were like shutting people down. And that was 
what, December of 2019? Most likely could have been back in October 2019, around the time of Event 201. And then what was happening? Chinese nationals came over to the United States early January. And then cases started flaring up. So then South by Southwest shuts down. South by Southwest used to be a place where new music was spawned. Now it's like this political, technological uh, breeding ground for leftist progressives. Well, then Coachella shuts down, and then the NBA shuts down, and we all know about Kobe Bryant and the NBA and uh, how they didn't like Hong Kong. And then the governors, or actually the Harvard, Harvard closed down, which Harvard had one of their uh, professors, or one of their, I think it was a professor, director, um, Charles Lieber, he got busted for what? Dealing with China, with bio... With bioweapons. I mean, I'm not saying that's linked to it, but that was January 2019 or January 2020. So the universities start shutting down. Then governors of Democrat states start shutting down. And then the rhino states start shutting down. And then it cascades into governors um, just because, you know, they didn't know what to do at this point. Everybody else is shutting down. We need to take the precautions. And suddenly the economy is held hostage. But think of this. There was 300 and some thousand deaths, or th- no, 300 and some thousand cases of COVID-19 in New York. Guess when they're opening their uh, schools? April 15th. While most, most states, quite a few states, are closed for the entire semester. Think about Virginia. Virginia's on a national stay-at-home uh, lockdown, too, for essential businesses and what have you. They moved their tax day, not to July 15th, like the federal tax day, like North Carolina did. They moved it to ah, May 1st. Well, that's just, what, 15 more days after the original tax day. They're not concerned. They want that money to still come in. There's things to be skeptical about this. The virus could be real, but the reaction can be political. So, some questions need to be asked on where did this originate? It wasn't in the wet markets, even though those are reopened all of a sudden. Um, they tried to say, well, you know, it's a bat droppings and food in the wet markets. Um, could it have been the lab that was like 400 feet away? The Wuhan lab? You know, that, la- that lab actually sells the uh, animals that it tests with to the wet markets. It's disgusting. But I want you to listen. It's a long clip. It's about five minutes long, but it's very important. Listen to Tucker Carlson. And I'm not even a big Tucker Carlson guy. There's some things I have issues with this guy. But he makes some great points. Just listen to him bring up the facts and the circumstances and the questions that should be asked around what happened in Wuhan. And speaking of the Chinese government, on February 6th, scientists from the South China University of Technology uploaded a paper on the origins of coronavirus. Where did it come from? Well, this offers some clue. At the time, the official death toll in China from the coronavirus was 564. The paper made a number of notable observations and claims that are worth knowing about, and that's why we're telling you. We want to be clear that we're not endorsing any of these conclusions. We haven't independently confirmed them. We can't. 
But you should keep in mind as you hear this that these findings come from Chinese scientists who work for a university that is controlled by the Chinese government. So whatever else they are, the views you're about to hear are probably not racist anti-Chinese propaganda. Here's what the paper says. First, the scientists confirm what scientists around the world have said they believe. The virus most likely came from an animal known as the intermediate horseshoe bat. Here's the striking thing. There are no known colonies of this bat within 900 kilometers of Wuhan. Nor is there any evidence that they were sold in the Wuhan wet market, despite many claims in the American media to the contrary, including on this show, by the way. Last night we did a segment on wet markets, the one in Wuhan included, and suggested that this bat was sold there. But let's be clear, the only actual analysis of that question that we're aware of is in this paper. These scientists interviewed almost 60 people, 59 of them, who frequented the Wuhan wet market. They confirmed there were no horseshoe bats for sale there, period. So that raises the question, where did the virus-carrying bats come from? And the paper says this, quote, We screened the area around the market and identified two laboratories conducting research on bat coronavirus. Within a few hundred yards of the wet market was something called the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to public reports, the center used intermediate horseshoe bats for research. Then about seven miles away was another facility. This one was called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Virology Institute also conducted research on intermediate horseshoe bats, the ones that were not sold at the wet market. South China University scientists concluded that the coronavirus pandemic, the one that people are dying from here, likely came from one of these two government labs in Wuhan. They noticed that a scientist at the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention had been exposed to the blood and urine of horseshoe bats. They also suggested that infected tissue samples from research animals may have wound up in the Wuhan wet market. And they ended the paper this way, quote, The killer coronavirus probably originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. Safety levels may need to be reinforced in high-risk biohazardous laboratories. Regulations may be taken to relocate these laboratories far away from city centers and other densely populated places. End quote. How's that for interesting? Now, this paper has been online for nearly two months, and so far it has been virtually ignored in this country. Almost nobody in American journalism has dared to write about it. The few who have were immediately attacked as dangerous conspiracy theorists. Instead of assessing what seemed like the rational conclusions presented in the Chinese paper, there was a spate of American news stories and academic research designed to show that the coronavirus absolutely could not have been engineered in a Chinese lab. They sounded supremely confident of that. But do they really know it? And the answer is no, they don't. As a factual matter, it is impossible for Western scientists to settle the question either way. So instead of doing that or admitting that, they amped up the rhetoric hoping that you wouldn't notice the difference. A post on the National Institutes of Health website, written by NIH Director Francis Collins himself, dismisses any such speculation as, quote, outrageous. Keep in mind, NIH is supposed to be keeping you safe from diseases like this one, not running political interference for hostile foreign governments. This is how they're spending their time as Americans die in the middle of a global pandemic. And still, no one addressed the substance of the claims. The South China University paper concludes that the virus probably escaped accidentally from a lab in Wuhan. It said not one word about bioweapons. Yet the NIH and USA Today and countless other outlets have devoted thousands of words to scolding you for thinking the virus may have been a form of biological warfare. Notice that's a totally different claim than the one made in the paper. And that's not accidental. 
One of the surest signs that people are lying to you is when they answer questions you didn't ask. And that's exactly what the professional class is doing with this story. And they're doing it on many fronts. They're lying to you. They're claiming to know things they don't know. They're dismissing the obvious as impossible. They're blaming you for their failures. And the media are helping them do it. The stakes are too high to let them continue this way. So no matter what, stay skeptical as you assess the world. Remain rational. Gather your own evidence and come to your own conclusions. You shouldn't have to do that. You ought to be able to trust the people in charge. But you can't. So at this point... So was this a bioweapon? Tom Cotton kept telling us it was. Very well could be. And this could be the reason why the news was spouting off Chinese propaganda. You know, oh, it's racist to call it the coronavirus. Um, we can't have you uh, shelter in place. You need to come down to Chinatown and eat. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, you don't need to worry about masks. We need those for the medical people. Oh, wait a minute. You do need the mask. Oh, you do need to be sheltered in place. Everything is garbage. This disease, this, this virus is a big issue, but the reaction around it is killing our economy. And it's teeing up for socialism it's teeing up for deficits and and debts that we can't pay back it's teeing up for economic collapse because they're dumping dairy milk because they can't meet the needs that they used to have the demands that they had from schools and colleges and restaurants it, it, it there's going to be a food shortage it's going to cascade down the line you know a simple little stimulus isn't going to fix this but i'm going to give you a prediction soon the numbers are going to not add up. Soon, the BS that Fauci and Bricks are given to Trump is going to manifest as a ruse. And when that happens, and it's not going to be long, Trump is going to say, all right, I'm done with this. We're getting back to work. And he's going to do that by Easter. I may be wrong, but I know Trump, and I know the cycle of an event happens, the media gaslights it, Hollywood jumps in, you know what, Madonna's going to type on some stuff on a typewriter, Tom Hanks is going to break out his, all this stuff is going to get pushed into the culture, it's going to scare the hell out of everybody, then suddenly the information starts coming out and we start learning who is lying to us and who is giving us the real facts and then next thing you know the narrative dies and then it's on to the next one and this has been the cycle this is puerto rico this is russian collusion this is ukraine this is impeachment this is now what's happening with coronavirus i'm adrian slade thanks for tuning in check out the podcast itunes soundcloud stitcher google play spreaker make sure to leave a review five star review that'd be great it's going to help us be more visible. You can also donate patreon.com or also on anchor.fm. And you can also get the free Roku channel in your streaming store if you have a Roku device, Adrian Slate Show. We'll see you guys next time. God bless.